Hey everyone, welcome back to Gifts from God. So what happens when you are suddenly a big family? So Leslie and I are talking today, we're talking groceries, chores, messy bedrooms, hoarding, allowances, time with individual children, family nights, school schedules, all the stuff that you have to deal with when you're suddenly a big family. Also, Leslie's baby sitting in with us here. So you're gonna hear some giggles and probably some toys in the background. All right, enjoy. All right, we're back here with Leslie, and we're talking about big families and having big families. So for me, um, when we started the adoption process, before that was my husband and I, and then we had two girls. So we're a family of four. And then when we adopted, we adopted a sibling group of two, and like a month later, we had a teenage girl move in with us. So we went from, say, in September or October, sorry, in October, we were a family of four, and by, like, November, we were a family of seven, so we just suddenly became a big family, um, and then I think if you become a big family slowly over time, you kind of adjust and you figure things out, but it was kind of shocking when you're suddenly a big family, so for me, the biggest shocker was groceries, so Leslie, you have, how many are in your family now? So we have seven still currently living at home under the roof. Our one son's just moved back for a bit. So we were down for to six for a little bit, but he was still coming home on weekends. So now we're back up to seven yeah. again. So what is your thoughts on groceries with big families? What is the shock value? value? Other than the price, I was like, what in the world? It's so expensive. Yes, because it would have basically doubled for you. I know I've, I've joined, um, I've had friends who said, here, join these coupon groups and they look really, really good. I'm just, I haven't been as organized. One thing I do is I do really like to shop the sales or um, reduced things. Um, surprisingly, a lot of our stores, they, especially with produce, which can be really expensive. Mm -hmm. The funny thing is I have bought some of my produce off the reduced thing and then have gone and got some for the regular price and found that the stuff that was on the reduced um, was actually better <laughs> than, and we had two guinea pigs, so it works really well. So things for like lettuce or if there's like a little bit of, you know, the veggies that work real good, I just, I feed it to them. That's what we but, used to do, we had yeah, guinea pigs. Yeah, so it works out really well. So I, you know, sometimes let the lettuce take off the extra layer and give up the guinea pigs and then... Usually you get like a huge bag for like a buck versus mm -hmm. like $4 for this little bag. So, so that's how I try to decrease our grocery bill. We have older boys who just yeah. eat and eat. <laughs> so, yes. So I, I do the couponing thing, not like as, as extensively as I used to or as extensively as some people do. But what I would do is um, say I get, uh, get a whole bunch of coupons for like this one kind of pasta and then just wait for it to go on sale, and then I'll end up making a grocery trip that's just for this pasta, and I'll end up with like a cartload of this one pasta, so then it's all downstairs. We do have this shelf downstairs that has bulk things in it, um, so I don't use coupons when I'm doing like my regular grocery shopping trip, but I'll use them if I'm going to like bulk up on things, but yeah. Um, yeah, for saving money on groceries, I think another thing that I do that helps 
um, is that I plan out my meals. So I get, instead of just buying things because you have grocery or fridge has to be full, then you end up just wasting a lot of stuff. So I, I specifically, I'm like, I'm making six meals and then, um, snack foods for lunches. So I think that is really good. The only downside of that is a grocery day is Friday. So today we're recording this. It's a Friday. If you open my fridge, it looks like a college boy's fridge. It's like, it's empty, but then you can also clean your fridge, yeah, which is also good. nice and important. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I try not to buy things. Um, I try to really plan out our meal. So that's helped, which is another thing. So meal planning is a big, I didn't do that before we had a big family. Yeah, no, it's so that's so really, really helpful. Yes, it is. Yes. And because you have so much stuff happening that you have to deal with and get so many kids in so many different places. So I only have to think about what we're going to have for supper on Sundays when I'm deciding all the meals. And then we actually have a big chalkboard. So I write it out on the chalkboard. So in the morning, I just check the chalkboard. Whoa, what are we having for supper today? Oh, yeah, that. And then I get started. Mm -hmm. That's helpful. And you have suggested, I know to me, fabulous way of doing some of the chores which I know we have tried different methods <laughs> with our baking family and we're still kind of figuring out I know different people have different amazing ways of doing it and it's kind of that hair miss of what works for your family um I kind of do it that I some ways consistently keep them on the same chore for quite a long time sometimes we switch as they have grown and got older and felt like okay you can handle um you know a chore that's maybe a little more work but we usually keep them on the same chore so that people just kind of know what they're supposed to do um after meals and things like that mm -hmm. and then so then if you look at a big family just a regular big family and then you look at a big family um that has come in through foster care and there's been some kind of trauma but then you have to look at chores even more differently because I know um, like if they're, if when they were in a bad situation, it could be that un, that there was things put on them at a young age that was inappropriate, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So then you're trying to teach them to be responsible and to clean and to help out around the house. And at the same time, not like giving them that freedom that they didn't have before, right? Yes. So, yeah, we give our guys some choices as well. Like, there's mm -hmm. certain jobs um, that some of our children really do not like. And, and then it actually works out not too badly because some of our kids don't mind. That's a good thing about a big family. family. Yeah. Um, the, I do find, and there was a, a, another referral article posted recently, too, um, that sometimes you end up treating the kids slightly different so that can be hard mm -hmm. on some of your other kids because as your um, child's just getting used to your structure your rules to you know set these expectations so high so it can sometimes be hard for your other children in your home whether they've you know been with you since birth or you know since came through adoption at a young age have gotten used to for them to understand well why does this um, child maybe not have quite as many chores as I do right mm -hmm. um or if you have a child with special needs why why are they not expected yeah which can be a little tricky to maneuver as well at times and two if you have foster kids who come in and they don't understand the difference in ages 
mm-hmm. right? So they can be like, well, how come that your biological child has less chores than me? And you're like, well, that child is four years younger than you. Yes. (laughs) Right? But they don't see that either. So it can be, chores can actually be a pretty touchy subject. Yeah. Um, Or you brought before the, um, I remember when I was listening to you speak, um, the stage, not age, right? Yes. Yes. So you may have kids who are similar in age, but they're at very different stages, right. maybe because of their um, mental, maybe they have a bit of a mental delay, mm-hmm. and so, you know, so you maybe treat them more like a child who mm-hmm. is a little younger, right? Yeah. So, yeah, so that can be really hard. I'll tell you what worked for our family. Um, so we have, we have chores that they have to do just because they exist in this house. So that's like, make your bed, and pick up your laundry and like your room should be not necessarily clean, but tidy at least once during the day. Yeah. So I would prefer that happen in the morning, but for some of my kids it's at night. So that's a chore you just, you just have to do. And then we have other chores um, and we divide up weekly. So like say if you have the bathroom, you have it for a week and then the next week you could have the hallway and the next week you could have the playroom. Um, So they rotate through. So they'll have their their room and then one other area of the house they're responsible for. But they know who comes they know who comes after them. Mm-hmm. So for instance, let's just say like one of my kids has the bathroom and then then and they have it and then Saturday or Sundays when we rotate, the person who's coming after them will go into the bathroom and he'll be like, No, I'm not taking over this room with it looking like this. Get in here and fix it. So they will kind of monitor each other because mm-hmm. you don't want to take over a room that's disgusting. You want it to be clean when you start the week. So they'll they will get on each other's cases, so we don't have to as much. Yeah, you suggest that to me, and that would actually has been really helpful because I was getting so frustrated with um, you know coming into the kitchen and there would be like stuff left out out everywhere, and I would say to my older kids like, okay. <laughs> put your like because I was trying to do it that each of them um but I found if someone's responsible for not that that does mean that they're responsible for clean up yeah after. responsible for making sure it's clean yeah so they I tell them like you know the kitchen you can tell like if you've seen your one sibling do a whole bunch of make a whole bunch of dishes then you can say you know you need to yeah get that done yes um now so, I would say because both of us were talking teenagers yes so that's a difference I would say like 12 and up yes I would say if you get under that, then that, you know, might not work as well. But older kids, because they need to start preparing for not being in your home, mm-hmm. right? For like moving on and being in college and having roommates. And you don't want, I don't want my kid to go to college and be the disgusting roommate that nobody wants to have. Yes, that's so Right? That doesn't so just assume someone's going to come and clean up after them. So I, I want them to clean up. The other thing too, um, and I've talked to other foster families about this is that if you have a child who's coming out of a situation where the living like where they lived wasn't good which is obviously they're not coming from great environments of going into foster care um and it wasn't clean and it wasn't safe that it's part of your job is teaching them what clean is Mm -hmm. right because and i remember i was talking to the one foster woman she said like they're comfortable, they like their comfort zone is in disgustingness and in filth. Like when they're in disgustingness and filth, that feels like home to them. Yeah. And so it's like a shock to suddenly be in a cleaner environment and then and then to be participating in cleaning the environment. 
So we have to be aware of that, um, that that's the feeling that they're having and what they're going through is to work that through. But at the same time, you want them to eventually, you know, be married and have children and have a nice home so that their children, like, we don't want it to be a cycle, right? Well, that's true. And you have to also remember, like, things like, I know for us a long time, rooms for summer children became a huge issue because, especially with hoarding. Yeah, hoarding and is a big And if they had problem. moved around a lot, well, some maybe will hoard food, maybe because of their situation, and you may find, like, really gross food under their bed. Um, some it may just be stuff or even things like we that we would consider garbage. Mm-hmm. Um, but when they've moved, they've lost so, many stuff, so much of their stuff. So everything, in a lot of ways, becomes very important to them. And I got thinking, I remember I have stuff in it that I maybe don't necessarily need, but it was given to me from someone who had passed away. Yeah. And so you can't so, just get rid of it. And I can't, like, I'm like, oh, I can't get, like, can't get rid of this because this it was given to me by my grandmother who passed away. Well, for them, they had so much of their stuff go missing and they've experienced so much loss that, you know, they're scared to let anything go because, mm-hmm. you know, because they've had so much of that happen in their past, right? So it can, it can take some time while, you know, they're adjusting to your home and, mm-hmm. and they're getting used to that and, and things like that, right? And yeah, so it, and another thing too, a lot of times when I go to training and stuff, there's a lot of like explaining why children have certain difficulties, which is good because we need to know where they're coming from. But then a lot of times what I don't see is like, okay, I understand why you have that problem, but we have to work through it. You have to get to the other end. Yes. Yeah. So we can't just say, well, I understand why my child hoards and their room is like disgusting and gross and and unclean because that's germs. You're going to get mm-hmm. sick from that. You can't have rotting food in the room that you sleep in. So you can understand why that is so that you can walk them through it and you can have them deal with some of those issues. But at the end, we need them to come out knowing how to keep a house clean and knowing how to, um, like I said, be able to be a mom someday and, and not have their children removed because their home is yeah. filthy. And, and I've seen that, like, unfortunately, with some of the youth I've worked with in the wraparound program, um, which is a program for youth aging and foster care, that some of them, unfortunately, they didn't learn those skills. Right. And then they would go, they would move out, and then the problem was for them was um, they would leave the place that they were living, and they'd go want to get it, maybe rent in a different place, but uh, a record was kind of kept that, hey, like, this person... Yeah, so then it leaves nobody... the apartment a disaster. So, you know, don't rent to this person, right? right. So, yeah, we do want them to, um, at the same time, learn. And that, that is the tricky part, though, too, is you can also know, like, we're always told, look for the behavior. Like, what, what, like, what is the, you know, re- reason behind the behavior? What's the reason behind the behavior? But sometimes those behaviors can still be really you know difficult and yeah. frustrating to you deal still with you need know, to deal with the behavior yeah, yeah. You, you know why they're behaving that way but sometimes it doesn't always make it easier right yeah so, yeah all right so we've got groceries which you know you suck it up it's going to be expensive but meal planning will help with that we have mm-hmm. chores um which i believe divide up oh i can tell you about a chore app that we have mm-hmm. um it's called rooster money and i'm not getting paid by them or anything but we found that really helpful because what we do now, okay, this is controversial <laughs> because when we were at foster training, they said uh, that your allowance should not be tied to anything. You just straight up get it. So um, 
That's the, yeah, but we started something called the Rooster app. It's so what happens is like we put their allowance in to the Rooster app and then you do your chores and when you do your chores, it gets checked off that you did it. So you, you cleaned your room, you, um, you know, did whatever, whatever you put, whatever the parent puts there on the, on the Rooster app. And then um, if you don't do it, then like a percentage of your um, allowance comes off. But you can put bonuses on there as well. So for instance, um, my daughter wanted to have, wanted to buy a new dress for a dance coming up. So instead of me just giving her the money or just going to store and buying the dress for her, what we did is I put um, an extra app, an extra chore in the app. Now she was in high school. Um, to clean all the baseboards in the house. Cause like how often do you clean the baseboards in your house, right? So clean all the baseboards in the house and then I gave her like $50. And so then she could take that money and she could go um, and buy a dress that she wanted. Um, but then she felt really good about herself too, right? Because she was going out, she was buying that dress um, with her money and then she ended up finding a dress for less than $50 so then she could keep the change. So we really like the rooster app. We find <laughs> that it, uh, so we have our baby back here again. <laughs> visiting us so we really like the rooster app in our family because we find that it uh, encourages them to take care of their money to save um yeah and that they're not just doing free labor around the house and then they pay for a lot of their own things it makes them feel really good about themselves okay so we have chores we have groceries um what are some other things with big families i think that's funny people would say how do you find time oh yeah to give to everyone child yeah and and that can be um tricky i know in our house um we have kids with very different interests or different things like they, they like so we do try to um, do different one-on-one or sometimes even you know take two out at the same time mm -hmm. um when there's certain dynamics of kids who get along really well so we'll sometimes split it up that way but yeah, that can be yeah time. Um, my husband does every Sunday morning. He takes one child out for breakfast before church. So um, so that's his like one on one time with each of the kids. And then um, my kids are all involved in different things. So I just know driving them places. I kind of try to talk to them then. I have a no cell phone in the car rule. Like you have to put your cell phone away and you have to talk to me. So sometimes they get mad, so they just sit there and they won't talk because they're mad they're not on their phone. But yeah, I think that's a good time to have one-on-one -on -one time with them. It is hard because there's still only one of you, so the same amount of me and more of them. So definitely spending time with them is harder. But we also do family family movie night on Saturdays. So also that goes with groceries because that's our pizza day. So we always have pizza and junk food on that particular day and then we just watch a movie together we tried family board games i know that works for some people yeah. <laughs> it's either awesome or terrible so i guess yeah. it depends on how it works out for you and yeah. the dynamics in your family i think um games that are not that are more fun and not like highly competitive so like it's not really like there's really a winner it's just more and you're not really keeping score yeah my kids hate those ones though they're like what's the point of this Oh, they like them more. Yeah, in our family, the goofy ones where there's not really a winner that I my kids really like those ones that are just. <laughs> it's also harder to do board games when you have a wider age range. It's not so hard now because my kids are all like, my kids are four years in a row, which just seems really close, but there's a big difference between the oldest and the youngest when you're younger, right? 
Yeah. They just can't handle some games. Okay. Uh, what else with big families? I think school. <laughs> like, school. Yes. You know, yes. like the fours, making sure they have their homework done, making sure you're signing those planners if they're younger. <laughs> just trying to keep up with all the paperwork that comes from school and trying to keep really organized with that. Um, also school drama. Yes. So yes. I know parents will come, well, I'll be chatting with the parent and they're like, did you know blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I totally missed that entire school drama thing that happened that apparently my child was part of, but. Yeah. Or things <laughs> like they um, tell you very much to, it's good for kids to um, learn, make some of their own choices and do things like, you know, decide what they want to wear or things like that. And then, um, and you're trying to allow them to make their own mistakes, but they're fearful of looking like the bad parent. Yeah. When they, they do. I know I had a scenario where my daughter, she was insisting she really wanted to wear this one pair of boots and this one coat. And then the other week, even though she has two full snow outfits and um, different warmer boots, um, the teacher sent home a, a, a whole snow up in boots and I was trying I, to let her just, you know, make those decisions and I kept saying, oh, well, so thought you? that you like just didn't dress your child so they sent her home. Yeah. And I felt like the worst parent. I thought, oh man, they're going to think that I'm just neglectful. But I kept telling her, I said, don't you think you should wear your warmer boots? And she was like, no, these have fur. They're very warm. And I'm like, okay, well, I guess when she gets cold, the next day maybe she'll dress warmer, right? Yeah. yeah. Or even just if you have a lot of kids getting out the door and it's not till you get to where you're going that you realize that one of your kids, oh, that's not an appropriate outfit. Yes. <laughs> you you slipped by <laughs> into the car easily found. Okay. Yes. So there is a lot of differences, but there's really good things happen with big families. Um, there's always someone the kids can be playing with and hanging out with. Even when it comes to clothes, there's hand-me-downs, which is great because um, my youngest might not think it's great, but it's great because you have to buy less clothes. Uh, so there's hand-me-downs. There's a lot of good things. I like that we have a big family now. Every once in a while, there'll be like some of the kids will be away at a competition or at a camp, and we'll have you know just four sitting here at the table and I'm like, wow, this is so weird. It's so quiet. It's so dull. It's so boring. Like who's the big family? So yeah, if you're nervous with being a big family, especially a sudden big family, it will be an adjustment. There will be some things for you to look at, but it will be good in the end. So go for it. Um, and don't be too afraid to do it. So before we close off, don't forget that we have coming up on March the May. May, oh, it's May, I keep saying March. I should know that I'm speaking there. May 24th and 25th. May 24th and 25th, Focus on the Family is going to be in Waterloo, Ontario. Um, so you want to look that up for foster adoptive families. Send your uh, foster adoptive families in your church. It'd be great if the church could pay and send them. That would be amazing. Send your youth leaders. Send your children's pastors. Um, and then if you're just interested, if you're like, I've been thinking about fostering, but I don't know, this would be a really good weekend to go and get kind of a realistic idea of what you're jumping into and to connect ahead of time with other families and that'd be a good podcast to do talking about the importance of connecting with other foster adoptive families so that might be one we're coming up on um also if you have questions send them to us and um and we will answer them here on our podcast all right go out there love your gifts from god and we'll see you next week